0: Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Man, it's good to see you guys. My name's Aaron, and I'm one of the pastors here at Bridgewater. And if we've never met, uh, I'm, I'm really thankful that you're here and that you're willing just to celebrate Christmas with us. I want to tell you a, a story, a story about someone that I would venture to guess that most of us would probably say, like... Um, we might not like this guy <laughs> because he was a career politician. <laughs> Some of you got that. Okay, that's, that's good. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about him. His story, at least the first part of it, is just incredible. See, this man at the age of 23... He was defeated in his bid for state legislature. Then, at the age of 24, his business failed. Then at the age of 26, his wife died. And at the age of 27, he suffered a mental breakdown. Things weren't going so well. At the age of 29, he was defeated in his bid to be the Speaker of the House in the state legislature, and then just a short five years later, at the age of 34, he was defeated in his bid for nomination to Congress. Then, just a short five years later, after one term in Congress, he lost his bid to renomination at the age of 39. At 40, he was rejected as a nominee for land officer, At 45, he was defeated in his bid at the U.S. Senate. And at 47, he was rejected as nominee for vice president. And then finally, at the age of 49, 49 years old, he was again defeated in his bid for the United States Senate. Man. At the age of 49... Things were not going well for this man. I mean, you could say if everything stopped right there, like if, if that was the entirety of the story, if that was it, I think we could say his life was a failure. But the interesting thing is, that's, that's not the end of his story. Who are we talking about? Any guesses? We're talking about a man named Abraham Lincoln, who at the age of 51 was elected president of the United States and was used, honestly, in such an incredible way, really to save the union, to bring about emancipation, to, to do Incredible things, but if all we took was the first 49 years of his life, the story would be very different, wouldn't it? And for me, there's so many correlations to that story and honestly, the story of Christmas. Because you see, when we look at Christmas, and here in the United States, we celebrate Christmas, it is one of the largest celebrations that we have on an annual basis. And when we look at Christmas, really what we're talking about is the the birth of a baby, the birth of Christ. And if all we took was that story of the birth, or even if all we took was the first 30 years of his life, I have to tell you something, his life wouldn't have amounted to much. Got to be honest. See, here's the reality. If Christmas, okay, if the story, the, the, the biblical story that we just read through tonight, if the, if the biblical story of Christmas stands alone, then it's really not that big of a deal. It's not. I mean, a baby is born. Don't get me wrong. It's a big deal if it's true that, that God became a man and was born of a virgin. That's a big deal. But, but if that's it, then that didn't amount too much. Thankfully, the, the rest of the Christmas story explains to us that there's more. It gives us insight into actually something. Here, here's, here's the thing. It gives us insight into something that actually gives me hope for my future. And I just want to show it to you because I, I have a feeling that some of you have showed up here tonight and, and you might have a few things in mind that you might be a little concerned about the future. And so I want to point you to the reality of the Christmas story and the rest of the Christmas story that shows that you can have hope for the future. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 1. In verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Everybody thought there was some sort of indiscretion. Everybody thought what well, we would all think. You know, here she is. She's engaged. Joseph says, I'm not the father. Either Joseph is lying or, or Mary has, has, you know, had, had some sort of an affair. But the story says that that's not what's going on. In fact, in verse 19... We learn more about Joseph and what he was doing. It says this, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, in that culture, when you got engaged, it was, it was like a legally binding thing. And In our culture, you get engaged, not quite the, the same, but there, if you got engaged, if you wanted to break it off, you had to go through a divorce process. So Joseph says, well, that's what I'm going to do, okay? I don't want to embarrass her, and, and we've already been embarrassed enough. I'm going to divorce her quietly, and then something crazy happens. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so just bear with me for a second, get this, Joseph has a dream, in that dream, an angel's talking to him, anybody else a little bit freaked out, you know, like, th- th- this is interesting, and the angel tells him, hey, by the way, don't be afraid to, to get married, to, to marry, because that child, that child was put there by God, like, I, I <laughs> any other guy's got to be going, yeah, sure, cool, what did I eat last night, you know, It had to have been hard to believe. Not only that, the angel explains more about what this child was coming to do. Verse 21 tells us this. She will give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus. That's a peculiar name. The name has its roots in the idea that God saves so you're to name this child with a with name that, that says God saves. And, and here's what's going to go on. He will save his people from their sins. So not only is this child from God, and, and, and you know, he's put it in Mary's womb, but Matthew records that being born wasn't the end of what was going on. He actually had come to save people from their sins. Now, here's the thing, that's not really a big deal if, um, well, if if you think sin isn't a big deal or if you think it's not real. But here's the thing, somebody sins against, or somebody hurts my family, then I think it's a big deal. Somebody hurts my wife, somebody hurts my kids, somebody hurts a loved one, someone hurts someone that matters to you or hurts you, then it's a big deal. Deal. And essentially, what the angel said is Jesus has a purpose. He's coming on a rescue mission to fix what is broken because of sin. See, here's the thing Christmas is bigger than this one one event. And here's why it's because Christmas isn't the end of the story, it's just the opening act. It's just the beginning. It's just like with Abraham Lincoln, his first 49 years, failure after failure after failure. That's not what he was defined by. And it's not the whole story for the idea of Christmas. I mean, the reality is, yes, he will be born, but you need to know why. He's going to be born to save his people from their sins. Now, if Christmas stands alone and it's just his birth, then really it's not that big of a deal. But if the rest of the story is true, then it is a big deal. Now, I want to show you one other kind of portion of Scripture. It's the only other place in the New Testament, okay, kind of the second half of the Bible. It's it's the only other place in the New Testament where um, the authors talk about Christmas outside of the Gospels. It's the only other place. In Galatians chapter 4, a man named Paul wrote a letter to the churches in Galatians. He said this. He said, but when the set time had fully come, when the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, I want, I want to highlight just a couple of, uh, of phrases here, okay? First and foremost, God sent his son who was born of a woman, which means he was born just like you and me, which means he can identify with you and me. He understands Everything that we go through and the hardships and the struggles and the temptations and the fears and worries and anxieties, he, he gets it. Second, he's born under the law, which means he was, he was held to the same standard. And the reality is that I, I haven't upheld that standard, but, but Jesus did. Jesus did. Then in verse 5, he says this, Two, here's why he came like that, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. In other words, he's come to buy us back, to fix what is broken so that we could be reunited with our creator to be back and being sons and daughters of God. This is huge. Now, how, did, how in the world did he do that? Just a few verses back in Galatians, he says this. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. In other words, he took our curse. He paid on our behalf. He paid for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Let me, let me give you another translation of that, okay? That same verse says this that Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Here's the point. Christmas is really just the opening act. We don't really fully understand the full story unless we look at what he came to do. And here's the the point, Christmas doesn't have meaning without the cross. Now we celebrate it and it's big and we do all sorts of things, and that's awesome. And and you should, and I want you to, but I, I also don't want you to miss why Jesus? Why such a celebration? Why it's so big? Well, because there's more to the story. And the reality is that. Jesus did die on the cross, and because he did die on the cross and was buried and then rose again, you and I can have hope. In fact, here's the reality. We have hope, not because of the birth. Like, if the birth is it, I really don't have hope. That doesn't change anything for me. But we have have hope because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because he is alive, even though I face death, I can know that I will be alive too. I want you to have that hope I want you to have that hope So here's the thing I want you to rejoice I want you to celebrate I want you to give gifts I want you to go home and have all kinds of fun with families and sit around the tree and and, and read to one another and play games with each other and and eat good food and, and all of that do all of that but here's the reality please don't miss that the birth isn't it that we have to celebrate Christmas with an eye to the cross. We have to keep in mind that he came. And he lived the life that I should have lived. But didn't. And don't. And he died the death that I deserve to die. But don't have to. Because of Jesus. I hope you celebrate Christmas. Christmas. And I just want to ask you to consider one simple question with me. The question has a lot to do with this idea, like, what is going to cover your sins? What's going to take care of yours? Here's my question for you. Have you turned to Jesus as more than a baby, but actually as your Savior? Somebody who fixes broken things. Now, here's, here's the thing. Abraham Lincoln lived 49 years of his life and faced failure after failure after failure after failure. And I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of your life, but I know that I've had seasons of my life that have felt like that. They've just felt rough. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. And the reality is that Christmas isn't the end of the story either. And because of Jesus because of Christmas because of the cross because of the resurrection of Jesus you can have hope for your future and so if you're here tonight and you're feeling like Abraham Lincoln at 49 I want you to know there is hope would you consider turning to Jesus as more than just a baby but a savior would you pray with me Father God thank you Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on our behalf. God, it's my prayer that each one of us would honestly consider where we are with you and how we see you. God, I I pray that you would Help us to celebrate Christmas and enjoy it and have fun with family. But I pray that we'd take an honest look at where we stand with you and that we would know that Jesus has paid it all, that he's made a way, and that we would trust him. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.